In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I beg your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Having celebrated the 4th of July in the United States, it may be appropriate for us now to consider love for our own nation, wherever we may be. Jesus is a great example of patriotism. He famously said, Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. He said this because some people asked him if it was lawful to pay tribute to Caesar. They wanted to catch him and make him contradict himself. However, he responded with this very wise saying, Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. There are two legitimate realms of authority. And the authority of Caesar, of the temporal world, the temporal order, is willed by God. It is something that we should respect. And it is surprising that Jesus said this himself, as a Jew, being under the oppression of the Romans at the time, under Caesar. But still he recognizes the legitimate authority, even if the people who ruled may have been unjust in things that they did and decisions that they made, in choices that led to terrible consequences. Our Lord himself even recognized the authority of Pilate at the very moment of being sentenced to death. If you recall that conversation that he had with, with Pilate, it's kind of a strange dialogue because our Lord is not responding to Pilate when he interrogates him for a second time. Where are you from? Pilate said. But Jesus gave him no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, Do you not speak to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and that I have the power to release you? And Jesus answered, you would have no power at all over me were it not given you from above. Therefore, he who betrayed me to you has the greater sin. An amazing recognition of the authority, the legitimate authority of Pilate. And Jesus is willing to obey that authority. But he reminds the authority, Pilate in this case, that in an indirect way, but still, that he's going to give an account for his decisions. 
just like the the betrayers are the ones that have the greater sin it implies here that that Pilate has committed a sin but and that he will be responsible for that choice you know of condemning him to death condemning Jesus to death this is truly revolutionary how we have here the example of a god of god himself bowing down and obeying a temporal authority wow if he does that he being god what should we do we have to obey the just laws that the legislature makes we have to obey the the people in government because they are there willed by god to lead our nation in this world of ours and they are going to have to make a a kind of examination of conscience of every decision they make and they will give an account to god for every decision of government that they make that's why we have to pray a lot for people in government people who take care of other people jesus himself we see when he was little how he obeyed his parents another legitimate authority he was subject to them these words can also apply not only to joseph and mary but to the the government as a whole Joseph, in fact, moved his family, even if he had to undergo hardship, in order to register himself in Bethlehem at the census that was called by the temporal authority. And he did not say, well, because my wife is pregnant, because it's too difficult to travel right now, I'm just going to stay here and disobey the law or, or take no regard for the law given you know these particular circumstances that i find myself in no joseph actually obeys the law like anybody like everybody else he doesn't consider himself an exception simply because he is the the head of the holy family and you know because he is in a tight spot financially or in a difficult situation because his wife is pregnant he he follows the law and and Mary and Joseph make sacrifices and also we could say Jesus even though he was little he willed that he willed to be born in Bethlehem from all eternity it was something that that he allowed St Paul also in in the New Testament he shows us a great example of exercising his rights St Maria said that sometimes the exercise of a right is more difficult than the fulfillment of a duty. And that is true. That is the, um, the case in point when Paul is arrested. He takes recourse to his Roman citizenship. And he says, are you going to punish a Roman citizen without a trial? And the people that had put him in, that had bound him and uh, were ready to scourge him they were afraid because he, because they realized that he was a Roman citizen and that he had rights that he was exercising to have a fair trial. 
Well, the those rights that we have are sometimes hero sometimes have to be heroically exercised out of justice and we will also give an account to God for all the rights that we have but have not exercised and all the rights that we have and have exercised correctly we we, we will give an account to God and he will reward us for all those good actions that we have taken our lord is very clear when he speaks to the Father about what he wants for the apostles, you know, upon leaving them. He says to the Father in that priestly prayer in St. John's Gospel at the Last Supper, I pray not that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. These words are extremely important to understand the concept of world. What does the world mean? Sometimes it takes on a negative connotation. The world. The world is evil. The world is something we have to run away from. The the world is something that we have to shun in order to affirm the life of the spirit. That certainly comes out in the Bible and it is certainly uh, true if by world we mean you know the structures of sin, the the um, a lifestyle of worldliness, of just giving into our passions and so on. But in this sentence here that our Lord says in his prayer to the Father, that is not the meaning of the the word world. Here, the world is something that is more akin to the understanding of creation in Genesis where God saw that the world was good because he created it because he created anything that comes from our Lord's hands is is a gift and it is it is perfect and it is it is good and God contemplated his creation and he he saw that it was good and he he rested on the seventh day after that amazing um you know language there you know to to have god contemplate his own creation and realize that it is good it is good because it came from him and it is made somehow in his image you know, and especially the the most important part of the world of the universe, which is mankind, personal beings. I suppose angels can be included in there as well. We are made in the image and likeness of God, and and God is excited to see us be created because we are the crown and jewel, the apple of His eye. You know, we are the crown and jewel of all creation. We are His ambassadors on earth, and. God said, you know, you are placed in the garden to till it and to keep it. Actually, I just said that everything that comes from, from God is perfect. But in this case, it's perfect in the sense that it is good. But in this case, in creation, he has actually wanted creation to be perfectible, to be able to be perfected by by us, you know. So it it is it is left unfinished as it were uh, 
so that we can participate in the act of perfecting it. And establishing a nation and ordering society, this, you know, at the cell of which is the family, you know, a, a mother and father with children, and getting together with other families so that they could divide certain uh, duties, you know, that one family would not be able to provide, like security, for instance, and and uh, crop uh, sharing crops and, and so on and so forth, that slowly, you know, grows into a tribe and then eventually into a, a city-state and then into a nation. It truly is a the building up of society, a tilling and keeping of the garden that we were placed in so that we can perfect it and give it back to God. That's why the state or the nation that we live in is something that um, is willed by God to always have an authority for, you know, that looks for the common good and, and works towards the common good. That is something that that we have to be very grateful for at the same time we realize that our nation the people in in power make mistakes and in fact we have recently witnessed that in the united states the supreme court has decided to allow for gay marriage uh, a very big mistake and this is not, um, we could say, a political opinion. It is a matter of natural law. It is a grave mistake. It is a grave error that they have made. You know, we can excuse them by by thinking that, well, they do not know, they do not understand the tenets of the natural law. Um, but still, it's a very disappointing decision. And we pray because they will have to give an account to God for this action, the the biggest critics of this decision are actually the the other judges that disagreed, the other justices that disagreed with with the majority opinion, and truly, they, as they have said, this is an act of judicial will. You know, it is not based on the Constitution and it is not based on natural law, and so. What do we have now in the United States and in other countries? We have a situation in which a, as as one of the justices said, in the minority opinion, we have a new orthodoxy that that has been created, and this puts into into in danger the religious freedom of all people of goodwill who hold to the natural law, and of course, since Catholicism is based on the natural law, elevated, elevating the natural law, also Christians and Catholics and other members of other religions who know that real marriage is between a man and a woman. We have to really pray, but not get discouraged. We should not get you know, the sense that now we have to just bunker up in some faraway state, you know, in the mountains or something like that, and leave society because it's evil or bad. Yes, people make mistakes, but we are the children of God. 
And we have to do something about it. This is what, what St. Paul says, that creation is waiting for the revelation of, of the sons of God. He says, For I reckon that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory to come that we will be revealed in us. For the eager longing of creation awaits the revelation of the sons of God. We are the ones that are going to take the world, deliver the world from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the sons of God. We are the ones. St. Maria said that the crises that we are facing now, he says they're crises of saints. These world crises are crises of saints. I think he means two things by that. One is that these crises belong to the saints to solve. That's why they are crises of saints. They, you know, We are the ones, we Christians are the ones that have to face these crises and put our heads together and solve them. Especially the laity, I would say, or St. Josemaria would say. The laity are the ones that are to take charge in society and build up the temporal order according to their prudential judgment together with other people of goodwill. We cannot give up on the world and and leave it and escape from it. That would be that would not be the vocation that we have received originally when we were created, to till and to keep the earth. And if there's weeds, we deal with the weeds. We but we don't get discouraged. You know, we we have to do a lot of work. But that means that we that we work harder and we back it up with our prayer and mortification, as St. Josemaria would say. These crises belong to us. If we don't do it, then who will? Who will? We cannot just abandon society, therefore. But the, there's a second aspect of, of this um, f- statement that St. Josemaria made. These world crises are crises of saints. I think he could also mean, or it could also be interpreted as, there is a lack of saints. It's a crisis of saints. You know, there's no saints. It's like a crisis of money. There's no money. You know, um, and th- th- that's a call for us. You know, how many of us need to be, you know, woken up? Saint Josemaria says, so that we can actually exercise our our rights and our duties in the world and build it up. We cannot let other people who don't have the the truth of the natural law, for instance, take charge. Otherwise, they will make it seem that the natural law is really something imposed on society and something even, you know, that is specifically Catholic. And precisely our point is that, no, the natural law is universal. And it is not specifically Catholic. The problem is that <laughs> maybe there's only a few Catholics that actually... Uh, promote it now so it to the world it looks like it's catholic but it's it's not it's universal it's universal and it's based on reason it's the law of reason that's where we have to actually struggle to uh, establish the world order in in accord with with the law of god and with the law of reason saint peter says that we have to be ready to give an answer for our hope what is being asked of us is to struggle and to establish this this um, right ordering of society according to reason. And there's many ways of doing that. There's not one specific answer. 
But what is really being asked of us as Christians is to always live our hope out, to be witnesses, to be witnesses of truth, to be witnesses of joy, to be witnesses of the fact that marriage is between one man and one woman in in a beautiful reality, and that doesn't mean that anyone is being discriminated upon. In fact, homosexuals and heterosexuals all have the same right to get married to someone of the opposite sex. There's no discrimination here. Everyone's being treated equally in in a world where marriage is just between a man and a woman, and, and, and that's the way the state sees it. This this um, allowance of the so-called home, uh, gay marriage is is not an issue of discrimination. It's an issue of redefining what marriage is, which no one can actually do because marriage is what it is from the very beginning. It is actually a pre-political reality that cannot be defined and redefined by any authority. It is something that is inscribed in our nature. And therefore, this decision of the Supreme Court in the United States and in other countries is, is just simply um, you know, um, a mistake, a big mistake to realize that, even a legal uh, mistake just in, in the way that it was justified. We have to pray for our country. We have to pray for our society. We know that Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed by God, consumed by fire because of the sins of the people there. But Abraham bargained with God, you know, God, if there's 50 just people, will you destroy Sodom? You know, no, if there's 50 just people, I won't. And he bargained all the way down to 10, you know, and that's where he stopped. And he couldn't find 10 people, and that's why they were destroyed. You know, our nation, in our nation, we have to pray that you and I be among those 10 people you know at least 10 but we gotta we you know can there be at least 10 we have to wake up we have to wake up and how do we wake up by being just by living our our rights and duties out in society and that should be done by living our faith out as well this is you know will God find you and me and others who are just so that this world of ours will not be consumed, not by fire this time perhaps, but by the passion of, of impurity, which is so rampant, you know, everywhere. You know, whether homosexual or heterosexual is just, we have to realize, no, we have to introduce the world to a new, to a new civilization of love. And that's our call as the children of God. The prayer that, that comes to mind right now for our nation and for our world, for our society, is is threefold. Um, one is Kiria Eleison, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy on our society. Do not let us be consumed by passion, by disordered passion, but have mercy on us. Help us, really. Give us your grace. Give people, the people in government, your grace so that they can understand what your truth is. A second prayer is Maranatha, which are really the last words of the Apocalypse or close to the last words of the Apocalypse, translated as in from Hebrew, 
Come, Lord Jesus. Or, Jesus is here. It depends how you split up the word Maranatha. As Pope Benedict pointed out, it can mean, Come, Lord Jesus, or Jesus is here. Or it means both. It really means both. We, the children of God, beg God to come. To come. Come, Lord Jesus. And then we realize that he is already here with us in the Eucharist, in the church, in each one of us in grace, in our soul in grace. And that's what that's what is going to keep society from corruption. We are the leaven or the salt of the world, the light of the world. All these analogies our Lord used to reveal to us what our role is in the world. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. And Jesus, be here with us. The Lord is, is with us. And a third prayer that St. Maria used every day, actually. He took it from, from Scripture, uh, a psalm, and he inserted it into the prayers that he would say every day in Latin. And he called these prayers the preces, or prayers in Latin. And every everyone in Opus Dei, and everyone who is in touch with Opus Dei can say these prayers as well. Um, they're on the internet, on the Opus Dei website. Uh, but one of the little prayers in, in this collection of, of short prayers says, Exurge Christe adjuvanos. Exurge Christe adjuvanos. You know? it's, a, it's a command. Get up, Christ. Wake up, Christ. Help us. It's it's a very direct prayer. I, I always find it, um, you know, kind of, either we say it as children, as little children. Only little children can say this prayer, I think, you know. Get up, Jesus, get up, come on. Just like the apostles, you know. Wake up, Jesus, wake up in the boat when he was asleep. Help us, help us. Do you not care that we are perishing? Do you not mind that, you know, we are kind of falling apart here? Wake up, Jesus. You know, it, it, it is a very confident prayer because if we say it with the humility of children, then we can be sure that he will listen to us. Prayer and mortification, and very much in the third place, as St. Josemaria would add, action is what is needed in order for our nation and for our world, for our society, to go back to God. Well, let us turn to Mary as we finish our prayer today, let us ask her to make us men and women who love our nation, who respect the people, who govern us, who pray for them, and also who do something about the ordering of society according to the will of God. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect my Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.